thank you guys so much for listening to this show. So this special guest reached out to me on Reddit. I was looking for stories for people's most magical moments um, relating to the Disney princess race. And our guest today is Kate. And she reached out to me with the most incredible story. And I'm like, when can you record? So here we have Kate. Thank you so much for coming on, Kate. Absolutely. So do you want to tell us um, a little bit teaser of what your story is going to be about today? (laughs) My happily ever after baby. Oh, guys, it's so good. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Like Kate already warned me she might get emotional. I might get a little emotional (laughs) during it. So please bear with us. It is absolutely incredible. But um, just so we can get to know you a little bit better, Kate, um, so oh, the first question I ask everybody is, why do you love Disney and why do you love theme parks? I love Disney because it's someplace that my family used to go to probably a little too often when I was a child. Um, we went yearly, which um, for someone in small town Iowa, that was a big deal. And there was something about turning that corner outside of the train station getting onto the little patch of grass and looking down Main Street USA and seeing Cinderella's castle. That always touched something in me. And even as an adult, when I forced my husband to go with me before we had kids, um, every single time I saw Cinderella's castle, I would tear up. And Disney has always been that place where I can just revert back to being and feeling like a kid again. So... That's why I love Disney. That is beautiful. And I have definitely got the same feeling where I think I went like five or six years from like my Disney college program to um, going later, I think in 2019, 2020, I believe, or 2019, I should say. And when I hit that castle, the same exact turn you're kind of, I'm mm-hmm. just like covering my mouth. I'm like, oh my gosh, like getting emotional, getting emotional. Um, so yeah, I totally relate to that. All right. This is one of my favorite questions to ask, but not necessarily your favorite character, but what character do you most identify with that you are the most similar to? And take your time if you need to. You know, if I was my daughter, my four-year-old, I would say Snow White. Because ever since she was born, my four-year-old Addison has been 100% Snow White all of the time. Um, But, I mean, I like Belle. I love that you have a strong, independent woman who's very intelligent, very clever, and she sees the good in everybody. Yes, that's beautiful. That's my mom's favorite princess and favorite character. So you and my mom would get along very, very well. Oh, I love that. And you, like you mentioned Snow White, um, for those that are listening, you Kate has dark hair and she's got a pretty little round princess face. So she would be a perfect Snow White in the parks, I think. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you even have the little voice inflections too that you, that's, you know, how she does that, that higher pitched voice. I think you could probably nail it. <laughs> We've been practicing with my four-year-old. Oh, perfect. Oh, I love it. So is Snow White her favorite princess? Yes. Oh, my yep. God. Okay. And from a mother's perspective, what princess or character would you describe your daughter as? Merida. Headstrong. Um, just goes to the beat of her own drum. And I love that about her. I would oh. never want her to change. 
Oh my goodness. So you're not like a Queen Eleanor. So that's good. That's good. Yes. Oh, that's so fun. Um, all right. My next question is, um, well, which parks have you been to? So we can kind of get an idea. So you said you mentioned okay. Iowa. So you're kind of mm -hmm. not close, really convenient to any of the parks. Um, so luckily I have family that lives about an hour outside of Orlando. My, um, mother and father-in-law decided to retire to Florida. So we do spend a lot of time, um, at Walt Disney world, but I also have a special place in my heart for Disney, California and the park, um, Disneyland. And I know we're celebrating a hundred years. So yeah, hundred years of Disney. All right. So if you could choose, if it was the same price to go to eat or any of these parks, regardless, would you rather go to Disneyland or Disney World? Disney World. And it's because I love Epcot. I oh. love Epcot so much. I, I, my husband and I, a lot of our, our married life and even our dating life was spent traveling the world. And I'm sure as any parents out there could probably understand when you get two littles, um, it's very, very challenging to endure the 10 hour flights and to do the whole abroad thing. So being able to jump from country to country isn't quite the same, but it definitely helps fill that void. Have you um, kind of on topic, but a little off topic, um, that ABC show, The Middle, have you ever seen yes. that show? Yes. I haven't seen all of it, but I've definitely seen the Disney episodes and mm -hmm. um, the father the whole time like wants to go to Epcot and doesn't tell anybody why. It was like, all you want to do is drink and stuff. But he's like, I couldn't afford to take your mom to Italy or Paris or well, I forgot which country it was. But mm -hmm. then he surprised her with like a dinner there to like celebrate. I was like, that's so sweet. So I, you can kind of relate to that a bit. Absolutely. Oh, I God. love it. And have you taken your youngest to the park yet? Yes, we went. Um, so I was on maternity leave and I thought what a perfect time to not only go visit um, my in-laws, but also to go to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Did she dress up? Um, we took we took the little one. The um, She was nine weeks at the time to Hollywood Studios for a morning. But other than that, my in-laws stayed with her. You know, it's warm. She's a baby. So, right. um, but my four-year-old dressed up. She was Snow White from Vicky's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Her dad was Prince Florian, and I was the evil queen. Ooh, how fun. I love a good Disney family, like, Full costume like everybody's decked to the nines like I we had a lot of fun and if anybody hasn't tried um any of the parties like the christmas or the halloween parties i highly recommend oh i i can agree with you too i I've, I've only done the one Christmas party and the one Halloween party, but I, they're just, they're just something extra special, especially even as a guest who didn't have a ticket for that night, but you're seeing everybody with the costumes come in as you're leaving. I've done it at Disneyland where I'm just sat on a bench and just, you know, we, it was hours before the park, but you know, they let you in three hours early. I just mm -hmm. sat and watched all the costumes come in and I was like, wow, people are like so creative and really dedicated. And even the, really obscure characters that you would never think of and people are looking exactly like them like I absolutely love so I agree with you definitely recommend for sure 
And if you manage to get there um, on November 1st, seeing the transition of the Magic Kingdom from Halloween to Christmas on November 2nd is truly magical. And I know that Disney Plus does have um, a show about the transformation overnight. It is just incredible to see how much work gets done in such a short time span. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I know. And me living in Florida, I really don't realize that the seasons are changing unless Disney's decorations are changing. (laughs) Okay, we're in winter now. Got it. Got it. It's still like a bazillion degrees, but we're in winter. (laughs) So I definitely get that. Um, All right. My next question for you is if you could get stuck on any Disney ride, what ride would it be and why? Is the ride moving? Um, no, it is completely stuck and you might have to get evacuated <sighs> off of it. I, okay. I want to be stuck on Splash Mountain right outside where, it, like, you are outside and you can see the castle. And I want to be stuck there at night when the fireworks are going off. Ooh, that would be such a good vantage point. It's like that turn that you can see the people yeah. coming down, and it's right before that first first drop. Oh, that's that's where I want to be stuck. I have never heard of that, and that is that is great. I love when you do the nighttime rides, and your timing is just perfect. Whether it be Big Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain, um, trying to think of another outdoor ride, but you catch the fireworks, and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. so good. I've done that ride where. It was raining outside. It was 1 a.m. This was when they had extra magic hours. And it was basically the cast members telling us to stay on the ride as long as you want to. And I'm pretty sure my husband and I ran, rode that ride by seven times. And I think I might have traumatized him. But oh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. I oh, love Splash. I am <laughs> um, a big fan of it, too. Um but you mentioned that you love Epcot and traveling with your mm-hmm. husband. If you were to add another country into Epcot, what would it be and where would oh. it be located? Assuming that there's room, if there was just magically room. That's, I know they have some countries that are kind of reserved in there already. Um, but I, I would, there's, there's a lot of countries I would put in there, but just to kind of equalize some of the balance. Um, I would probably put a South American country in there, probably Brazil. Ooh, I and, like it. Yeah. Um, but I know like Australia is a popular choice up, up and coming, but I would put I would put Brazil in there. That would be so good. Oh, my goodness. And kind of just touching base off of like, you know, Coco was representative of Mexico and then mm-hmm. Encanto was um, Colombia, correct? Colombia, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love just like all of the cultures that are getting mixed into the Disney movies and more of a frequent thing and everybody loving them. So I would yes. love just more more countries at Epcot. I think it would be so fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. And another thing, do you drink around the world or are pretty professional about drinking around the world you know um before we had kids when we went when we were dating um we we did attempt to drink out around the world um the first time we went (laughs) we made it about three-fourths of the way and then 
we always joke about taking a nap on the lawn at Epcot because we totally did. <laughs> we might have missed the fireworks that night. Um, but we we have now gotten smart, smarter about it, and we will share a beverage every drink around the world, and we have successfully done that. Perfect, perfect. It is a very difficult challenge. But the reason I ask that is what is your favorite drink to drink around the world? Like if anybody were to have one drink, what would be your number one recommendation? Oh, there is a, a slushy champagne outside of France. Yeah. Oh, and there's like and two flavors, isn't there? Yeah, and it's really good. But of course, um, I like I like bubbles. So I usually grab a Prosecco when I go to Italy. Um, I like the the tea sakis in Japan. Yeah. There was a black tea, no, a green tea sake that was really good. Um, yeah, a little off topic, but anytime I go to Disney, it's more so much of a Dole Whip kind of a thing. But yeah. Oh my goodness. That's that, that's, that's the must have. Oh, I, I love that. Um, kind of feeding off of your ideas. So when I did the college program, um, I was a little bad and I was around some friends that brought in their own alcohol and we would take cupcake vodka and we would uh-huh. go to France and get the really good ice cream there. And then they'd put it on the ice cream. It was incredible. I'm like, imagine getting like a rum Dole Whip, which I think they had at Disneyland for a short period of time at the Disneyland hotel. Mm-hmm. But that would be really good. Oh, my mm-hmm. um, that's so fun. And then, um, so for those that are listening, Kate is wearing a Run Disney Princess 2022 Half Marathon Weekend. Um, give us a little bit background of your running experience and whatnot, kind of leading, and this ties into her story as well. Okay. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I started running in the summer before I went to college down at Truman State, um, which is in Missouri. And I would run 30 minutes every night. And um, running just was something that helped clear my mind. I mean, I ran 1030 at night. It was small, small Iowa town. So there's no risk there, really. Um, and I kind of continued that. My crime junkie brain was like, my I was like, my crime junkie brain was like, oh my goodness, are you okay? Are you like? (laughs) I listen to too much true crime podcast, so I'm glad you were safe in a safe town. Yeah, it was also um, about oh gosh, that's gonna date me. Um, Twenty years ago, so. But um, running was just something I always, always did. And then I met my husband in 2011. And kind of as we started to travel the world, I got more into running and I started wanting to run in every single country we visited just as something to say that I did. And my husband, prior to meeting me, was a runner too. So we just ran together. And if you don't mind me interrupting, um, did you, when you say you want to run in every single country of the world, did you want it to be like a official race or just kind of actually running at your own pace and your own enjoyment? Own pace, own enjoyment. But it was kind of something I always had in the back of my mind as like a career potentially of hosting these um, travel excursions that would end with a road race. Um, running road race in the country as a backup plan if my career failed. 
Oh, how um, fun. That's such a creative idea. Yeah. I, it's just, we love traveling. My husband always said if he wasn't in his current profession, he would be a travel writer. Um, just traveling is something we both enjoy doing. So um, we we run to this day uh, together and I mean, we sign up for races together. We just got done with the Des Moines Turkey Trot and the Des Moines Santa Run this oh. fall. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, getting more specific into uh, your Disney running and stuff, when did you start doing those? Uh, okay. So <laughs> the, the Princess Run was on my bucket list forever, but I had always done runs around Des Moines. Um, I never really ventured out. And then kind of where my story leads to, there was a turning point for me. And I said, you know what, we're doing this. And so I signed us both up for the Disney, the run Disney, um, princess. We only did the 10 K because I didn't know if I was going to be able to complete the half having ran a half before, having had hip surgery, a broken hip. So I said, I can, I can run a 10K. I don't know if I can run another half in my life. So, And from a non-runner's perspective, signing up for the, like I, my, my listeners know I've only done one half marathon, never any 5Ks or 10Ks. So going from like 5K being three miles 10k being six miles and then a half is 13 point something something that's a big jump in distance and so when I signed up the five 5k and 10k were already sold out and so I was just like well I guess we're just gonna have to do the half if I want to do this and that's what made me do it and I'm kind of glad that the first two were sold out so I definitely feel yeah but that's good that you say you did the 10k um I got one more good question for you okay so so my very last question before we fully get into your story is if Disney could create a themed race, whether it be like princesses or Marvel or Star Wars or something like even very movie specific, but it was themed around that movie for a run Disney race, which character theme would you want it to be? That's a great question. I feel like, Run Disney does such a great job already on hitting on a lot of their characters and their their worlds. Um, I know that my husband would do the Star Wars run in a heartbeat. Um, I love the Princess Run, and if anybody gets a chance to do it, highly recommend. I think the marathon weekend was just was it Pixar. Might have been Pixar. Oh, that most recent one they just had yeah. was 90s themed. 90s themed. That's awesome. That was um, so cool. And I, as a character person, I got to say, I love the mo- like random characters that pop out. So like all my friends that did it, I'm like, what characters were there? Tell me. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. I, they run Disney is a great organization. They're ran very well. The races are ran extremely well for non-runners who want to get into a race and are scared of being like, is there going to be enough water? Is there going to be enough um, bathrooms? Is Am I going to get bored running? They do a phenomenal job of keeping everything moving along and really creating a great atmosphere. Um, back to your question, though. 
I want to see the the characters from like down under um maybe more of the the movies that people don't necessarily aren't at the highlights right like the princesses but that are still there that are great movies sword in the stone um uh, (laughs) i'm drawing a blank and i had all of them in my head but you know what i mean it's just kind of those those movies that never really get talked about but are still great movies Right, like the underrated classics. Like yes. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, that would be so fun. Um, Atlantis. Atlantis is a great movie. Oh my goodness! Yes. So yeah, yeah. let's have an oh, Atlantis run. Yes. Treasure Planet. Yes. There you go. Massive crush on him when I was younger. I thought he was cute as can be. Oh my goodness! But yeah, those would be some fun, unique ones for sure. Like just, I don't know what they would title the theme as. Just underrated. <laughs> Um, they'd have to think of something really creative. Well, no, Hercules would be a fun run too. <gasps> yes, go the distance. Yes. Oh, and then I oh love the muses from that movie. I was gonna say, you know how they always have like a choir or a band mm-hmm. or drums. Like, imagine the muses like singing to you to hero, and like you're like halfway through, or it's like the marathon one, or not no marathon, but like if they only did it up to half. That could be really fun. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! And then they could have you running away from um, the three headed dog or something. <laughs> I don't know. The rest, yeah. Uh. Oh, be fun. oh my gosh! Okay, now I want them to be to Hercules run. For sure. I would do it. How about um, the Nightmare Before Christmas run? And do it with um, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. That would be so fun. Oh my gosh. I would honestly do a nice pace jog to kidnap the Sandy Claus. I don't know all the words, but like keep a good pace. (laughs) That is so clever. And do it like at night. Mm-hmm. Fun. I, it doesn't even have to be like a long run it could just be a 5k mm-hmm. like we're going trick-or-treating <laughs> oh my gosh if they had stops where you could pick up candy that yeah. would truly be a fun candy run <laughs> I don't i'll let dis run disney know <laughs> That'd be so fun. Um, there's this guy on Instagram, um, TikTok that is very animated, and he—I'm assuming he's a runner because uh-huh. he shows like different activities. If you were done sped up, and he—I just watched this one a couple months ago about him. Like, if if you did trick or treating in a rush, and he is full on dead sprinting. I'll have to find it and send it to you. Yes, please. <laughs> him, He'd be like, thank you. And he's zooming by like the neighbors are just holding out their arms just like candy. And he's just has his bag open, just scooping it up. <laughs> it is absolutely bonkers and insane. But he also does a video. I think one of his original ones was like different types of runners. And then once I did my race, I was like, oh, I get it now. I'm this runner and this runner. Or like, you know, how mm-hmm. they grab water and stuff. People like actually just, you know, stop, yeah. grab, take a sip and then go. There's other ones that like catch it full speed I'll I'll have to send to you you'll really enjoy it (laughs) please do um well Kate 
thank you so much for answering all of those questions. Um, But now I will let you take it away and share your magic. Okay. All right. Um, So my husband and I were married um, in August of 2016. And we decided to wait a year before deciding to have a baby. And we traveled. We did one last hurrah, just the two of us. And in January of 2018, we said, okay, we're going to start trying. Got pregnant immediately. And we had our daughter, Addison. Um, She was born in September of 2018. So we continued to travel, did, you know, we went to Spain. That's where Addie learned how to walk. Um, She's been to Mexico. (laughs) She's been to the Bahamas. Most people. She's a traveler, but um, we started trying for another baby in 2020. And I got pregnant again in February of 2020. And that ended as a chemical pregnancy, which is where you see a positive line on a pregnancy test. But a few days later, you resume your normal cycle. That's how I'm going to phrase that. Um, Basically, it's uh, there was something wrong in the, in the DNA. Um, and then in May of 2020, we got pregnant again and we went, it was, we were at seven weeks. It was in June and I started bleeding and having a miscarriage. So then we resumed trying to have a baby, got pregnant again. In August, we went to Breckenridge in 2020 in Colorado because it was COVID. And I remember that trip because that's when I found out I was pregnant. And we had a seven-week ultrasound, and we saw a baby's heartbeat, but she was um, a few days behind of where she should have been. And her heart rate was about 110, which was acceptable at that time. And I remember a day after that ultrasound, I looked at my husband and I said, I don't think I'm pregnant anymore. And we went in for our week eight ultrasound, which was one week later, and the baby was gone. So I had to have a DNC. So at that point, I had had three losses within a short amount of time. So they, yeah, so they referred me to a fertility clinic. And the fertility clinic did all their normal stuff. They checked my husband's and they checked me and they basically came back and said, you have a low AMH, which is ovarian reserve. And it should be at such and such a level in order to even try IVF. And that level was, I believe, one. And I was at 0.024. And they told me that the only way I was walking out of that clinic with a baby was if I used an um an egg donor. So at that point I was, I think I was 36 and thinking, gosh, you know, I thought I had time. I was in relatively good shape. So we tried IVF twice and it failed. And And explaining a little bit of what IVF is. Um, I only know just as I'm getting older and have friends that are going through it or stuff like that. Would Mm -hmm. you mind explaining that just a little bit? Yeah, so IVF is a it's a long and expensive process. 
Um, it starts by having um, the female take birth control for about a month to optimize the body. And then you start a cycle of drugs that are meant to increase the size and the numbers of um, eggs that are in a woman's ovaries. Mm -hmm. And then once they get to a certain size, they will go in and they will retrieve them. Um, the woman is put under just, you know, it's all done in a clinic. So it's not like any hardcore drugs. It's just kind of to make you loopy and drowsy. And then they retrieve the eggs. They mix them with the sperm and they monitor them in a Petri dish. And I know I'm oversimplifying. Um, there was about four or five drugs that I had to inject into my body every day, a couple times a day, even. How would so, that make you feel like? Um, it, it, there was so many restrictions placed upon me. I mean, I had just spent a year and a half not drinking, monitoring every single cycle, uh, so much stress from the losses. And now I, w I felt like a science experiment. And then it, it wasn't successful, right? I mean, I, I didn't have any eggs that really came of it we we only had a successful embryo i don't even think it got to an embryo stage no it didn't um <laughs> one time so and then that one didn't make it so then we went into iui which is artificial insemination right um and after the iui in august we went to costa rica now, having had all of my losses, I forgot to take my progesterone, which because I ran that morning, we had an early flight, it was 4 a.m., and I just forgot it. And without the progesterone, um, my body said, oh, okay, let's just resume our normal cycle. And I had actually gotten a positive pregnancy test on August 23rd in Costa Rica. Wow. And because I didn't have my progesterone, that also ended later that day. Because So I spent most of my Costa Rica trip just sobbing because we had spent all this money, all this time at this fertility clinic, and I didn't bring my progesterone. I blamed myself very heavily. I just, I was destroyed. So August 24th came around, we're still in Costa Rica, and they had just opened the sign-up for the Disney Princess um, 10K. So I told my husband, I said, you know what, this is a bucket list item of mine. I'm tired of waiting for something to happen that I don't feel like is going to happen, and I need to focus back on myself and my own health, and I need to get back to being me, because... I don't feel like me anymore. So he's like, okay, sign us both up. You know, it's a 10 K. If we don't make it to, to Florida, that's okay. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. But it gave me something to train for. It gave me something to look forward to. So I started running and focus on and stuff. And yep. you were probably just trying to make yourself feel better, whether it be physically, emotionally, like you've gone through so much just in that short window oh my goodness like I literally could not imagine 
So um, started running. And because I have, you know, at that time, a three-year-old, was she three? Yeah, she was three. Um, I would get up every morning at 4 a.m. and I would run. And so that was my knee time. So I started running in August. I caught COVID in September. But the only reason that I, I found out I had COVID was because I had to go into the doctor's office to get checked. I work in a hospital. I got exposed to TB. It was fine. I didn't have TB. Um, but they screened me and they're like, oh, you have COVID. I'm like, oh, well, I ran four miles this morning. So I guess I'm okay. Did, um, um, just out of curiosity, when you after you got COVID and recovered from it, was running a little bit harder afterwards because no. right after I got COVID and I had we, you know, I was tested negative and then I went on a vacation with my family um, a little bit after and we it was a beach house and it was three flights of stairs and I'd be like, I don't know if this is COVID or I'm out of shape, but like I'm winded right now. I, <laughs> so that's all I asked. <laughs> I honestly think that the running probably helped me keep the keep it from settling in my lungs okay. because I ran every single day that I had COVID and I ran the same amount and I was I was good. So wow. I, I'm very fortunate and I understand that because not everyone has had the same experience after having COVID. Right. Um, so that was September, October. I had another chemical pregnancy where the line showed up and then the cycle resumed. Um, so I had started looking at donor eggs and I had picked out a donor and we had a trip coming up in November to Mexico. And I told my husband, I said, you know what, let's just have fun in Mexico. Um, we went with friends. They also have a little girl that our little girl played with. I said, I'm just going to have fun and then we'll deal with the, the donor when we get back from Mexico. Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, great. Um, so that was November. And then I ran a 10 K on Thanksgiving. That was my Thanksgiving yeah. present to myself. Oh. <laughs> and then um, that Saturday I had ran as well. And I was thinking on Saturday, I'm like, oh, this is a little bit tougher than it usually is for me. Um, and then on Monday I tested and I got a positive pregnancy test the Monday after Thanksgiving. And I said, okay, well, I'm supposed to run the Disney 10K in three months. Um, but I also had a history being traumatized with lost pregnancies so those first 12 weeks up until the Disney run were just, it was day to day. I mean, the genetic testing, everything, it was nerve wracking, but we found out we were having a little girl and that genetically she was perfect. And I'm, it was a great pregnancy up until 32 weeks <laughs> and the run. Oh my gosh. I went into the Disney princess run, not looking pregnant. And I don't know what it was about the, that 10 K, uh -huh. but I came out of it with the definite baby bump. <laughs> <laughs> Disney magic. <laughs> Disney magic. Um, so I, I've told people before, I said, if I hadn't signed up for that princess run, I don't think that I would have been fortunate enough to have Avery. 
and I don't want to say it's Disney magic or anything like that, but I, I truly believe that the run made it all possible because it inspired me to focus on myself again and not what might be and to get healthier and to come to peace with where I was because I had given up. I We were all about donor eggs and then it happened. And we hear that all the time of people have who, you know, start looking into the adoption process and all of a sudden they get pregnant and it was the run Disney event for me. That is absolutely beautiful. And like you said, it wasn't Disney magic. It was you, like you said, focusing on yourself and having a goal to shoot for. And that is just so beautiful. And that was, um, what year was it? That was this year. I mean, (laughs) so that was February when I ran it. February. Or last, last February. And when was she born? She was born in August. Um, sorry, July. July. <laughs> she, July 27th. She was supposed to be born in August, but um, she also tried to kill me. So. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gained quite a lot of water weight with her. I ended up um, at 32 weeks starting to gain a lot of fluid. And my blood pressures, which were perfect up until then, started going a little high. So they they took her because she was Frank breach at 37 weeks. And then after she was born, I had to be readmitted to the hospital because my blood pressures were too high that I was put on seizure watch. Um, And then I lost 50 pounds in four weeks because it was all fluid after birth. I ended up 10 pounds lighter than I was before pregnancy. Um, And my goal for my maternity leave was to be able to run a 5k again. So I spent my entire maternity leave training again after a C-section to run a 5K, which is where the um, Des Moines Turkey Trot comes in. Oh, my that goodness. Was, and then that leads us up to, to today. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that is but, so um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I know that happily ever after is coming back to Disney World. Mm-hmm. And that was my favorite show, The Nighttime. And there's a line at the end where I can't remember it, remember it completely, but it's, you know, the stories and all the glories. They teach you how to fly. I don't remember the exact lyrics. Maybe you could find them. But I just sit there and every time I hear that before I got like when I was going through all the losses, because they specifically say the losses, I just would sob. And I couldn't help it. And then, you know, Tinkerbell would come out, do her pixie dust thing. And I still can't really watch it without breaking down. But I feel like I'm finally on the other side of that song. Oh, my goodness. And I'll I'll just read the last chunk of it just so we get the ones you can talk about but it says the battle the stories the losses and all the glories we have changed by the way we live every day just look up and reach to the sky we all have the courage to fly you can fly you can fly you can fly that's tinkerbell comes out then and the story comes alive when we look inside a new adventure 
there's in your eyes, there's in your eyes. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know like the the musical tone of it. But that is uh-huh. that line: the battles, the stories, the losses, and all the glories. That is, you literally lived this fireworks show. Like I, we've- I, I know. I'm super excited that it's coming back. It's coming back in April once the 50th celebration is over. So April, make sure you check it out. Um, but and think of me when that part comes on um, because somewhere I'm sitting there probably watching it on YouTube, just sobbing my, my eyes out. But there is something something very magical about all of it you're making me tear up oh my god sorry morgan no it's fine (laughs) oh my gosh that is so beautiful like all of those like again the battles the stories the losses all the glories like you should get that tattooed on you or something like everybody gets a kuna matata (laughs) that is so incredibly beautiful and I, I don't currently don't have a Disney pass and hopefully they'll be cheaper so I can afford it again. But if I see that, I'm literally going to think of you, Kate, and like <sighs> record it and send it to you somehow. Like Thank anybody you. who's listening, please go and take a video and tag Kate in it. What is your, what is your Instagram? So we can find you and follow your adventures. Kay Winan, W-I-N-A-N-D 84. Perfect. And I will link it down in the show notes as well. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the story um, before we close out? Um, I think the one thing I, I do want to say is that not enough people talk about pregnancy loss, infertility, secondary infertility. And even me, you know, I talked to my husband a long time about sharing our story because It is something that no one talks about, but I want anybody who's listening to know that you most likely know are our friends or our family with somebody who's going through all of this. And please be open, talk about it, because sometimes we just need to share our story. Absolutely. And Kate, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and opening up to a random person that just happened to put a post on Reddit and no worries on Instagram. I I, I truly appreciate it and you allowing everybody to listen to it because I I do agree and I don't have any personal experiences relating to that, but I'm just happy that I can help more people hear your story and and we, I got to see your beautiful daughter right before we started recording, and she is cute as can be. Yeah. If there's ever a Snow White, it is going to be Avery. She is black hair, these beautiful brown eyes, and she is the happiest baby. Anytime she sees somebody, she gets this big, toothy smile. It's great. Oh, my goodness. And it's okay. I can share her pictures on um, sure. socials. Absolutely. Perfect. Oh my god. That's my Run Disney baby. If it wasn't for that event. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is incredible. And you have Addison and Avery. That is so sweet. Well, Kate, thank you so much again for taking the time. And please let me know when you're in town for the next Disney race. Are you doing the Princess Run in February? I am um I'm not. I'm letting uh my hip heal a little bit. Um my my husband says I'm absolutely crazy. I do have a desire to do the Dopey Challenge someday, which for those 
Um, those listeners who may not know, the Dopey Challenge is the 5K, a 10K, a half, and a marathon. Four days. Four days. And like, it's what's what's mind boggling is the people that do the Dopey Challenge. If once they even finish the half, you're not even halfway done with all your mileage that no. you have to accomplish. Oh, well, if you do that, we will be there cheering you on. Well, I'll, you. I'll make posters for, for me and your daughters and your husband, and we'll cheer you on, and it'll be so great. <laughs> well, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Well, Kate, thank you again. And mm-hmm. I I wish you all the best of luck with your daughters and all your races that you have to do. And please let me know when you're in town, and we will cheer you on for all your races. Well, we'll do. And thank you for your podcast. I love it. Thank you. Oh, the man needs the world to me. Thank you.